Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. All right, we're back. Hey, we're both wearing blue. Very cool. Yes, we are wearing blue. Really brings out your eyes, your brown eyes. <laughs> uh, so what's going on, man? Oh, gosh, not much. Um, you know, enjoying, enjoying the nice weather. And uh, we traveled this weekend, went and saw some friends up in Pennsylvania that uh, we haven't seen in a long time and uh, that we went to college with. So it was great. They have five kids, one of whom is our God, you know, first godchild that we had. And um, so it was just great to see, you know, she's kind of all grown up, like about to start driving and wow. time flies. It's crazy. It's funny to see college friends with kids and like, man, if your kids yeah. only knew what an idiot you were <laughs> when you were in college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These two were, uh, you know, pretty, pretty straight laced people. So they were, uh, they're good people. First, I think they're the first people I've known to get married out of my, cause they got married right out of college. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. We had a lot of those after graduation cause everybody's leaving for a, a yeah, exactly. an assignment. Right. So, right. You got to get married so you can bring the the wifey along. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Yep. Take me to the land of the big PX. Yep. Yep. The commissary. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh we had another baseball tournament. We got eliminated because of a run differential, and we didn't even. What is that? It, is that so a slaughter these, It's like pool play, and it's they do all these calculations. If there's a tie between maybe two teams to see who advances. They look at the how many you know runs scored versus runs allowed. Oh, I see. I got you. We missed it by one run, but we didn't get to finish the bottom of our inning because we were a home team and we won. Like we, you know, we got three outs at the top of the inning. Right. And the game's right. over, right? It turns out we could have finished the bottom of the inning and, and try to get more runs to to advance, but we didn't know that. So we ended up getting eliminated pretty early on Saturday. So silver lining is I didn't have to spend the entire weekend outside at baseball games. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but man, I mean, we could have played like three games on Saturday, three on Sunday would have been exhausting, but so yeah, just about done with baseball now. So yeah, moving on to football. Say, is that it? We've, we've been done forever. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been nice. Yeah, it, it is nice. We got a couple of weeks before football, but we just got our football gear last night. Uh, the equipment handout last night and yeah blake's pumped. who's playing football just blake my youngest just Blake. yeah sixth grade football so yeah should be getting most of the coaches back together on the team and most of the players again on the same team nice. so that's fun yeah yeah there's always one at least one that i could say it's okay if he doesn't come back yeah, you no, know no. some kids are hard to coach just because they're entitled or yeah. Yep. They don't work hard. Yeah. Yep. But it is what it is. I think this, I'm done coaching baseball, though. That was my last summer. 
Yep. I'm retiring. You don't have time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hang it up. I, time to hang it up. Time to hang it up, man. Yeah. So, but yeah, it would be fun to just be a spectator. But yeah, man. Well, so last night, my mom was in town. So last night, my, or two nights ago, my brother came over. And we were grilling out and and he finally got a policy like he's got approved and we're ready to put his in four. So just kind of doing the final tweaks on that. And he's like, yeah, he spent some time on TikTok and, you know, following these Finfluencers. And he's like, yeah, I found this dude who said um, he really hates IBC and he gave us top 10 reasons why. And he sent it to me. So I figured we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about that today. But um, before we do. We got a quick tip for everybody that yeah a morsel yeah a little morsel so every everybody if you have a policy in force this week call the company call the policy services line and ask them how much more pua do i have the ability to fund this year you know or if a company uses a different term for the paid up additions say that they'll be able to calculate for you on the spot that hey your policy actually like i discovered thirty thousand five hundred dollars of additional pua i got to pay this year because my i had fully paid my premiums the base the premium everything and between all my policies i had the ability to put in another 30 grand so i did that right away um but you won't know unless you call the company because this isn't something unfortunately i, I don't think it's tracked on your online portal it's not something you can see you got to call them directly and say and ask them that how much pua can I pay for the rest of this policy year and then get online and pay it or do it over the phone, whatever, but get more capital in there. Yep. And I just found, um, $10 and, uh, 84 cents for one of the clients. Yeah. <laughs> hey. hey. And I said, every, I was like, Hey, hope you're well, every little bit helps. But on the flip side, I found what Dave, $6,600 or something for you. For yeah. For just my one policy, policy that I opened. Yeah. Yeah. For one of my, just one of my policies. So, Hey, that was great. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's something uh, I'm going to start looking at closer. Right. So yeah, keep doing that because the more, remember in the first seven years, they take the average of what you paid towards your PUA and that's the yeah. max you get to pay from your eight forward. So if you have the ability to pay more in the first seven years during any of those years, pay more because that's going to increase your average and allow you to put in more premium your eight beyond where you're no doubt getting more than a dollar for every dollar you put in more than more than a dollar in available cash value. Right. So correct. Yeah. So do that. And then once you fill that up and you're still stacking cash, it's time to call us and open up another branch to your bank. So there's gotta be somebody else in your family or yourself that needs another policy going. There you go. Quick tip of the day. Pure gold right there. Pure gold. Yeah. All right, man. So um, we we thought we would take this top 10 list from this idiot in, uh, influencer. And I'll probably refer to him as a moron several times throughout is he, this. Is he on the TikTok? He's on the, the talk. Yeah, I, th I believe so. Oh I'm not, God. but I believe he is. Um, so this is where, what what is it? We At a conference we went to, they showed statistics. And I, I'm afraid that it might be something like 50% of Gen Z gets their financial it, information and education from TikTok, Finfluencers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could see these people, you know, whether you're out at a restaurant at dinner or 
wherever, and they're just they're just just scrolling. They're just scrolling, and and you see like entire families just sitting there doing these things, right? And uh, so it's not a surprise, you know. People have the attention span of a gnat nowadays. They they they're not they don't want to read, they don't want to learn, they just want to you know be spoon fed. Give me the answers to the test in you know sixty seconds or less, or thirty seconds or less. And um, the fact that people are getting financial advice or taking and heeding financial advice from 30 second clips from someone they don't know or don't, haven't vetted mm-hmm. is troubling to me. Well, if they have, but if they have 10 million followers, certainly other people have vetted them. So they're legit, right? I think, well, maybe it's they're just good looking herd mentality. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe they just have, you know, it's, they have a way of, um, sending out that content that is just very appealing and you know they're little quips and they're yeah. quick and they make sense and so good on them but it's just my goodness yeah luckily those people those are not the clients that we 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 come across and frankly one of the reasons i stay off of tiktok tiktok is because i don't want any of those clients i don't want people like that those are not ideal clients i, I want people who who want to learn and and are and want somebody to guide them through this. Um, and that's yeah. what we do. And of course, <clears throat> and the guy we're going to cover today, of course, in this case, we're not, he's not our competition because he hates IBC. So right. Good. good. Yeah. And you know, if, if you're going to listen to this guy and take his word for it without doing your own research, then that's, you know, that's, that's your own problem and there's nothing we can do for you. Um, yeah. So this is going to be part of the noise folks that we often refer to. It's, it's just everywhere. Uh, if you watch any kind of IBC video on YouTube, it's going to pop up on the right-hand side. There's going to be good content. There's going to be terrible content. Uh, but clearly this guy, we're going to highlight, you know, his nine items here, but he doesn't, or 10 items, I guess. He doesn't know what the heck he's talking about. He doesn't understand whole life insurance or life insurance in general. He's just probably regurgitating what somebody else said. Because that's somebody else's misunderstanding, right? That's Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and, and so why is it important for us to talk about this to people who probably maybe most of our clients would know how to rebut these claims, but maybe some don't or they're not comfortable yet doing that. It's because when you start talking about this to your network, your friends, your family, you're going to come across some of these same um, rebuttals from them. Like, oh, well, that sounds stupid. I've done my research on it and it's stupid for this reason. And it's going to be one of these. And when you hear that, you know, you should probably just stop talking to that person and say, God bless, have a good day. Um, here's a book if you want to read it sometime. Because uh, it's not worth it because they don't know what they're talking about. But without further ado, why don't we jump into these? So let's see. He he labeled these one through 10. I just I'll go through them in the, the same order that he said them. So he said top 10 reasons why he hates infinite banking. Um, number one. A 50% front load the first year. So what what's a what does that even mean? I don't know if he's talking about that that brokerage that we got into, like at the beginning of our careers. We oh, had yeah. Front loaded mutual funds and the stuff. Front loaded mutual funds. Actually, they, it yeah. was 50%. Yeah, they took uh, half for the first year and then they got they sued took half. class action lawsuit and they had to pay us back. Yeah. A tiny got some bit. cash back from that, didn't we? Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh but I don't 
I didn't see the video, but I don't know what the heck he means. Uh, depending on policy design, is he talking about maybe you'll only have access to 50% of the premium as cash value that you paid? That's possible. Right. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, um, you could design the policy to have far less or, or far more. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Nelson talks about the capitalization phase. He talks about how, you know, these astute business people that he references in the book say that they generally don't plan on taking a profit or money off the business for the first seven to 10 years. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's believable. If you want to call it the front load is startup costs. Maybe we're using just different vocabulary words here. Yeah. I think you'll see a lot of his vocabulary is investment based and front loading is certainly yeah. one of those, Yeah, you know, back in the, the early 2000s, these front loaded mutual funds were, were the rage. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if those are still like, around at all. I but can't imagine. Terrible. Man, I was, terrible. I was an idiot. You know? Well, we don't know what we don't know. And exactly. I didn't know anything as a young second lieutenant uh, at flight. I was at, I, my focus was on not crashing. Well, my, yeah, right. Your focus is on being a, being a, a tactical expert and uh, right. you don't have time to go focus on investing or anything else. So you, you just say, Hey, these people are smarter than me. They've done their you know, they've got their degree or whatever, their their certification. I'm going to give them my money and they take care of it for me. Um, you know, at least it got me started doing something, I guess you could say. Yeah. And they show you how $200 a month over 40 years is somehow magically going to turn into a million plus at age 60 or something. It's, a, it's, like, it's oh, compound wow. interest. It? It's the eighth wonder of the world. Albert Einstein so said great. it himself. It's amazing. And of course, it's not even close to the truth of reality. Yeah, unfortunately. No, many people not even close. But people are out there still. I I unfollowed a Finfluencer that I was following on Instagram, and I would kind of troll in there a little bit and just be like, oh, my goodness, what are you talking about? I was like, there's no way that's true. And, or right. I'd ask, what, what actual rate of return uninterrupted did you use to calculate these numbers? And I remember it was something around 12 and a half or 13%. Oh, my gosh. I was like, there's no way wow. that's going to happen. And yeah. people are just like, oh, yeah, you're a boss, babe. You know, just, <laughs> oh, my God, be quiet. No idea uh, what you're talking about. Okay. Nice. Anyway, total right. influencer. Yeah. Well, so I, I, I put in our notes, there's no loading. There's only premium. And then you put some random Ghostbusters quote. I don't know that I one. did. I was just trying to be funny. And this <laughs> only people that know movies would get this. You know, it's, there is no Dana. There is only Zool. Anyway. Yeah throwback <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, all right but yeah there's there's no loading there's the cost of insurance and we've yeah, talked about insurance. that there, right there's no deals in insurance you know you can get all these different commercials for auto insurance or come over here come over there you know if you generally do an apples to apples comparison maybe you're transferring less risk to the insurance company before that lower premium exactly and that's yeah. where that extra layer of the onion you need to peel back and just ask those tough questions like okay this this sounds too good to be true all things being equal what are you doing differently from this other big you know insurance company and that's exactly what you're doing you're right because when you move your deductible from five hundred dollars to a thousand your rate goes down why because you're transferring assuming more of the risk you're assuming more of that risk instead of transferring that risk to the insurance company the insurance company is giving that risk back to you Therefore, it That's costs right. less because it's less risk. It's all based on it's all based on numbers. It's a, it's a science. So yep, there it's you actuarial go. science. My deductibles are a thousand, by the way. I wish I could make them two thousand, but they won't. Let Mine me. are a thousand, also. 
Yep. Yep. So, all right. How about number two? Surrender penalties for the that last for years. So this guy is, really hates IBC because of surrender penalties. Super precise with the numbers too. Like last for years. Well, yeah. how many? Yeah. So okay. Number one, there are no surrender charges for life insurance. I think what he's referring to is universal life. And this gets back to the problem of people saying they're teaching you IBC or infinite banking. They don't use you say IBC, they say infinite banking using universal life, typically indexed universal life, IUL. Uh, and of course, there are surrender charges for universal life. Big time. My least favorite insurance product on the face of the earth. Yep. Uh, don't own any, will not sell it. And But there are surrender charges that come with those policies. Um, and people don't know that when they buy them. They have no idea. Very few of them that I've talked to have any idea that that's the case. Yep. Um, so he's bottom line, this TikTok dude is is flat wrong. Correct. Yep. 100%. All right. Number three, requires ongoing contributions for decades. So he uses the word requires. So for decades, so 20, 30, 50 years, you're required to make contributions. Is that right? Well, it's not a contribution. It's premium, I would True. say. Good, so good point. I would, I would correct his language there. You're not making contributions. This is not an IRA. This is not a 401k. You're making a premium payment. And when you, you hand that premium dollar over to the insurance company, that's no longer your money. Yep. The insurance company's money, just like just like your auto insurance or your homeowner's insurance. So no, for whole life insurance, um, there are what is called in the industry non-forfeiture options with whole life. Should you try to should you endeavor to pay whole life premium for your entire life until you pass? Yes. Yes. And those of our clients understand this. The policies will be the most efficient on the day you graduate. Yep producing many, many, many times over in cash value what you've paid in premium, right? So if we're in year 40, maybe it's four times or five times what you've paid in premium that the right. cash value is increasing by after you make that premium payment for the year. So, um, but no, let's say, Dave, hey, I want to stop paying premium, you know, at age 75. So, you know, how many years? How old am I? 43? So, you know, 30 years from now, 32 years from now. Yeah. Can I stop paying premium cold turkey? Absolutely. You have many options. Yeah. So yeah. you'll have options like reduce paid up. You could just say, I don't want to pay any more premium. And they stop requiring premium for the policy. You have that that option with whole life insurance. You don't have that option with like universal life. Right. Nope. They leave that out when they sell it to you too, don't they? <laughs> yep. Um, you can use uh. the dividend to pay the premium. Uh, you could mm -hmm. just tell the company, just use the dividend, pay my premium, because by that point, you'll, your dividend will far exceed your premium. You know, mm -hmm. if you've had it for 20, 30 years, like no problem. Um, you could uh, do partial surrenders. We don't recommend that, but you could, yeah, surrender part of it. You could use cash value loans to pay the premium. You could drop down to the minimum required premium, which is probably roughly half-ish of what your total premium is typically. Yep. Um, so yeah, lots of possibilities. Very flexible. I mean, it's, it's so flexible. Yeah. Very flexible and and he misses the point that you want to be able to pay these premiums, especially decades into the policy, because when you can pay $10,000 in a premium 
and your cash value, available cash value that you can take a loan against increases by 15,000 or 20 or 30,000. Yeah, it, it's a no brainer, right? You want to pay the premium. Yeah. Add some zeros to that. It's even more awesome. Right. You know, $100,000 premium a year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. What those yeah. So do. this right there, Dave, it just proves like, number one, this guy has, he says he hates infinite banking, yet he has no idea because he's looking at it through the wrong lens and is incapable of thinking. Exactly. Um, I wonder how many views that, you'll have to send it to me after how many views. Well, I, I'll have my brother send it to me and uh, I'll share cool. it with you. Um, how about number four? Why don't you take that one? <laughs> yeah. Diff- <laughs> so we have some notes that just, I just noticed it. It's funny. Uh, okay. So number four is difficult to rebalance with other asset classes. I, I understand what rebalancing like someone's individual portfolio means like on a year to year basis. Maybe you're going a little more into fixed income or a little more, you know, equities or something. You know, yeah. Whatever. Right. Um, I don't know what he means. He, he He's thinking of this. He's thinking of IBC or infinite banking as a product. Correct. He's not equating IBC and then the product of whole life in that the whole life insurance contract or contracts that we own are just a storage facility for our wealth. It's the first stop for our wealth, right? And our wealth just resides there because it needs to reside somewhere, right? Until I have to do something with it. I'm going to finance my next vehicle purchase, which we've talked about for your son recently or or your wife's new car. Or we're going to, you know, you have to finance the premium fuel that that car requires or something. Um, (laughs) Premiums recommended, not required. Recommended. (laughs) I told Dave when it starts misfiring in a few years to, to put a premium in it and some fuel injector cleaner, it'll be all right. There you go. Um, but anyway, the or I'm going to finance, um, I you know, a wedding someday or a down payment on a house, whatever I want. He doesn't understand that that's how you use right. the process of IBC and the product of dividend paying whole life. He just he has no idea. Yep, you nailed it. It's IBC is a banking is a process. Whole life is just a product. It's a product. I hate to say it. I try not to be mean, but this guy's—he's stupid. He's—he's a complete moron. Yeah. Uh, If I had his name, maybe we would tell you. Um, but but I don't. All right, number five. Backed. He says, "Oh, I hate IBC because it's backed by the guarantees of a single company and whatever you can get from the state guarantee association." So you. So you, as opposed to something that's guaranteed by multiple companies, because I don't know anything like that, or something that doesn't have guarantees, he just stated two different entities that guarantee your money. One, a life insurance company, if you use the right one, that's been around for over 100 years. Uh, Mm -hmm. And two, what's backing, what's the backstop for the life insurance company? The state agency. Which really means other life insurance companies just like it. Exactly. really what it means. Right. So multiple life insurance companies are backing that. Yeah. What, what a <laughs> moron. So yeah, he again, just, you know, ignorant. But if you're going to be if you're ignorant to something, like don't opine on it. I know, right? Better to be a you know, thought of as a fool <laughs> than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Yeah, like now everyone knows you're a moron. Right? Well, except and, morons. 
Except other morons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And guess what? Morons oh, we're going to be we're so have, mean on this one. <laughs> morons don't typically have a lot of money to, to, to spend on whatever this guy is hawking anyway. Um, all right. How about number six? Requires you to pay interest to get your money. Uh, that's the uh, worst one. Are you kidding me? Yeah, this is just a huge, you got red flag there. It, it is. Okay. So I'll just state this as plain as plainly as I can. When you take a policy loan against your cash value, you're borrowing the life insurance company's money. The money is not coming from your policy. They take your cash value. Let's say you've got $50,000 of, uh, of cash value available as a loan, to, to loan. You take 40000 out. Well, the life insurance company is using that $40,000 of cash value that you had plus, you know, as the collateral. Technically, it's the death benefit that's the collateral. But of course, the cash value is the present value of the death benefit. Right. But anyway. So again, no idea what he's talking about. You're using life insurance company's money. Everyone always obsesses over OPM. This is the best possible leverage you could ever have. And we talked about that in a fairly recent opus episode. It's just as this is the best possible borrowing position to be in. And it's the best possible lending position for the company because they've already factored in all the costs of the loan into the design of whole life insurance. Yeah. So it's fantastic. Right. For all parties. Yep. So, and while you're leveraging that cash value, it's actually the entire amount is earning for you, compounding uninterrupted. Um, mm. So tell me where you can, where you can get that anywhere else. I'll save you the search. Nowhere. <laughs> where are you going? Nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, What's number six here? We've got- That was number uh, six. Nope. That was number six. Number seven. Oh yeah, I like this one. Guaranteed negative returns for the first decade. I already addressed that in number one, maybe? It's kind yeah, of the similar. Two, the surrender penalties. Yeah, whatever. I think. No, so. I mean like capitalization phase. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the front load where there's startup costs, right? Like, Right. Yeah. Like, and I I've told people that up front. Hey, you're going to be upside down for about 10 years. Meaning. Yeah, I mean, could be less. Could be less, could be seven, could be eight, could yeah. be 12, but you know, let's just say, let's just say 10 years, you're going to, meaning every dollar you have paid in premium, you will not have access to that same amount in cash, generally. Uh, right. But you know that going into it, this is not, again, this is the investment lens. There's nothing else from, you exactly. know, from a place of ignorance, investment lens, and has no idea, like, yeah, we acknowledge that. Don't care. Yeah. And and I'm still in my capitalization phases for many of my policies. Don't care. It is yeah. it is what it is. And I will be for my future policies for many years too. That's right. I'm going to keep I'll, buying I'll more insurance. More. I'm a yep. I'm a yeah. buyer of life insurance. I'm going to keep buying it because premiums the solution. But bottom line, it's not about rate of return. Read Nelson's book. Read the introduction in Nelson's book, and he'll state that this is not about rate of return of any kind. You know. Number eight here, low returns, even if you hold it for decades, it's not about rate of return. Number nine, must be held for life to provide even a low investment return. Again, it's not about rate of return and it's not an investment. So, my goodness. Again, it's not about the process. He's not addressing the process of banking whatsoever. He's addressing a product, plain and simple. 
Yeah, and I guarantee you that uh, that's that's so that's the forgotten aspects is that Nelson named the book the Infinite Banking Concept, and the concept is called the Infinite Banking Concept because it's about banking. It's about exactly. how one finances the needs of life, right? Yeah, it's not about. Gosh, it's just anyway. So it's just again lack of understanding, ignorance, stupidity, whatever. Yeah, pick a synonym. Yep, and then. Number 10, his last one, my favorite. He says he hates IBC because you're excluded from this in from this investment if you have poor health or dangerous hobbies. Man. Not an investment. Not an investment. That's kind of like <laughs> my opinion. That's kind of like saying you hate auto insurance because it excludes people with multiple DUIs and moving violations, or people who are blind. What a moron. Yeah, he's, uh, I love, I, I like your, your comparison here. It's, it's perfect. It's, it's, uh, of course you have to qualify for it. You have to qualify for life insurance. You have to qualify for auto insurance. Yeah. And we remember, po I don't know if you guys had points in Kansas growing up, but in Massachusetts, you had points. I think so. And if you got in an accident, raise your you know your points. Of course, your right. premiums go up the next year, right, or the next renewal. And uh, I remember my parents always talking about that when once we started driving, my sister and I. And uh, I mean, perfect comment. What a moron! <laughs> what a moron! And then I bet this guy loves term insurance, but guess what? Term insurance excludes people who are in poor health or have dangerous hobbies as well. There you go. Same, yeah, it's the same thing. It also generally about ninety nine percent of the time excludes your beneficiaries because they will inherit nothing from those policies for term insurance, right? So, for term insurance, right? So <laughs> that's funny. Exclude your beneficiaries. Lot, haven't haven't heard of your that beneficiaries. Yeah, I just like to say, you know, it. Uh, you know, term insurance is there if you die, but whole life will be there when you die. Yep, very true. You know, and it goes back to the fact that. Again, he's he's referring to a product, not the process. If you're talking about the process of infinite banking, this does you're not excluded by having poor health or dangerous hobbies. That's not, right. Not at all, because what else do you have in your you life? Have, you have other people, other insurable interests, maybe your wife, your children, business partner, whatever. Grandchildren, exactly. So you have insurable interests. You can still do the process of banking with the whole life product, even if you're not the insured, because you get to own the policy, you can control it, you can fund it, you can take the cash value loans, you you can decide who the beneficiary is, and you can pass that ownership on to somebody else later on if you want to. You can still do it. So absolutely, you're not out we, of the game. And we do ourselves, don't we? We have policies on our children, our absolutely. spouses. Um, absolutely. Yep. yep. Yeah. Well, there you go. So hopefully. This may be a good, uh, this could be a good episode to share with anybody you run into who's, you know, who, who has these off the cuff, you know, hip pocket comments from these influencers. Like that's a terrible thing to do because it's a low investment rate of return, et cetera. Um, just share, share a podcast with them. And, uh, yeah. you know, I promise you, we won't call them a moron to their face. Um, but see what they have yeah, to say. Yeah, we normally it. don't do that kind of stuff, but it it feels appropriate today. It feels appropriate for some people, you know, like this guy, whoever he is. Um, but yeah, most people, it's just straight up. They haven't they haven't 
studied. They haven't investigated for themselves. Um, yep. So it's it's more like, well, hey, if you're open to it, check out this 92-page book and uh, let me know what you think about it. Because I was an idiot yeah. on whole life insurance my entire life. Up until you owned it. 30 years old. So did I. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I was yeah, complete idiot it. on the process of banking. Knew nothing about banking. Right. Yep, I've owned whole life twenty years now. Yeah, twenty years. Yep. Yep. Just not the right kind for most of that. Not not properly designed. Although I'll say this: there's not really a wrong kind of whole life. Right. Yeah, it just wasn't properly designed for the purposes of banking. Right. That's it. Yeah, and the yeah. You know, the premiums I was paying relative to the death benefit. I was, you know, I was buying pure death benefit. Did it have cash value? Yep, sure did. No question. Um, but just wasn't taught how to use it. This wasn't even a a thought in my mind until you sent me that book. So, yep. Well, cool, man. That about sums it up. Hey, again, go back, call the company this week. Call your life insurance company. Ask them how much more paid-up additions you can fund this policy year. They'll give it to you right down to the penny and go ahead and max that out every year. Max that out. That's all I can say. Um, mm-hmm. Before you, you know, even before you pay the loan back, max that PUA out. Yep. Yeah. And we've talked about that, haven't we, Dave? Yeah. Yeah. PUA premium first, then, then work on the loan. Yeah. Cause it'll benefit you for the long term. Yep. No more. Yep. Well, right on, man. Uh, I think it's dinner time. So yeah, I can hear the the dishes clanking around. And yeah, the sinks going, and yeah, that's a good get sign. Get those dishes done. That's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, hey, uh, good episode, and hey, we'll talk to everybody next week. And until then, control your capital, or somebody else will. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at theibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.